Welcome to Quilt Intel, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddy. We are here this week with a special social distancing episode of the podcast. Our guest this week was supposed to be Hope Yoder. And unfortunately, due to the outbreak of the coronavirus, we've been scrambling to work from home, which includes recording the podcast from home. But never fear, Hope will join us next week. And yes, I said next week. Um, because we've decided that we will be recording episodes every week for your listening pleasure until things get back to normal. So <laughs> how are you ladies today? Doing well, thanks. And given all the circumstances, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're doing the best we can. A uh, week ago Sunday, we got a notification from our HR manager that basically told us that uh, starting that day, we would be working from home and um, or I guess the next day. And so Lori and I have been scrambling with our team to get us all set up on um, remote practices for (laughs) keeping our magazines going. And um, it's been a little bumpy ride, wouldn't you say, Lori? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit troubling, um, but I think once we probably another week, we'll we'll feel like we're a little bit more accomplished, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I think so. I think things are lots better this week than they were last week. So, so it's feeling better. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, how have you been doing, Ginger? Doing all right. Yeah, being on the video side, you know, it's it's a good and bad because, uh, you know, everybody wants to stay home and watch video. But now we, you know, had to push some of our shoots and we're scrambling with schedules and things like that. So, you know, it, it, every day is a different adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good yep. way to put it, isn't it? Yes. So, uh, you know, we've been working from home for a full week now. Why don't we talk a little bit about the fun stuff we've been working on so that we can, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, the positive side of of being quarantined. Who wants to go first? Oh, me, me. Okay, go. (laughs) This has actually been a blessing because it was one of those, like, I had a baby quilt that I've been, it's been on my to-do list for a while now, and the baby has not come yet, but literally, I think today is the due date, and I got it done, so I'm so happy. I did use a purple pineapple studio uh, pattern that I had gotten. It was one of the little postcards, and it was the Hex on You, and oh my God, I love it. It turned out so well. Shout out to Amy at Purple Pineapple Studios. We love her. Yes, we do, and her little postcard are just amazing. So it was one I hadn't really worked with hexagons before. So I got to use a brand new ruler that I had and all that good stuff and then tried to be adventurous and do a really cool pieced packing. And it turned out great, but it was a lot of work. I actually made I made it way harder on myself than I think I needed to. But I'm going to have pictures of it up on my Instagram. So you guys can go there and uh, check it out. I think we have links on our uh, notes page, but I'm very stoked about that. So I'm going to hopefully I can mail it out in the next day or so before the baby even comes. Yay. Well, congratulations. That's great news. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Lori? Well, I started by cleaning my studio. It was getting 
pretty messy because I had umpteen things going on at once. And then I finished a couple of smaller projects, um, a vintage linen quilt table runner kind of thing, and and the little dresses that we did uh, for wait, me wait, and my wait, doll. Wait, wait, wait. I think we need to slow down and acknowledge <laughs> the vintage table runner thing. Oh, yeah. Give us the story. Our <laughs> listeners want to hear it. Okay, it's really a special piece to me because um, I remember doing the embroidery. I remember the house we lived in, and we moved away from that house after my seventh, second, sixth grade in grade school. And my mom kept that dresser scarf all those years. Um, so I'm turning it into a wall hanging. And I finished the quilting on it, and I'm just super pleased. It's super cute. It oh, is. Oh man! I mean, I really, we've got to share a photo because yes, definitely, it's yes. such a special thing for you to have an example of something that you worked on when you were a child, and we're yeah. talking like a little, little child. Yeah, little. So, I, like I said, I'm excited about it. All right. Well, I just needed to acknowledge that. And so now yes. you can proceed with the rest of your projects. <laughs> okay. So then I finished the little dresses that, that we did, uh, that we talked about on the podcast about uh, the Me and My Doll book mm -hmm. and did some cute little dresses for my granddaughters. And um, now we've started, my husband and I, on this fun project. I saw on Pinterest a little nightlight that was actually built into the wall and it was a mouse's house and it had a little mouse in it. I told my husband I wanted him to do something like that and he's working on it. Wow. Um, it's going to be so cute. I so is it like the, a literal hole in the wall where um, like a like you can peek in to see the, the, the house? Yes. Yes, oh my God. he oh, actually cute. cut away mop board and sheetrock to make the little house inside the wall between the studs. Oh um, my goodness. We have an area rug for it and uh, we'll be putting <laughs> Where wallpaper did you find up. Um, an area rug? The area rug is really fun. Um, I got a postcard, a fabric postcard from one of our designers a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and it's the perfect size to go in the <gasps> oh, hole that's in the great. wall. Oh. That so is just great. It's going to be really super cute and I'll I'll have pictures up for everyone to see. Oh, I can't wait. Oh my God, and you're keeping him busy too, which is great. <laughs> yes. Yes, we so, have to do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so the and so you're making an actual little stuffed mouse too, right? Yes. Yes, I made a little mouse. He's probably three inches tall. And I said he, but I think it's a girl. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and I made her out of felt. Oh, cute. That sounds just delightful. Oh, it does. Oh, all right. Well, Tracy, how about you? What have you been up to? Well... It was a lot last week. <laughs> I really just, I, I was really struggling a lot. I think I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to um, figure 
out how our processes would transfer over. So by the end of the day, first of all, I was working way too long. Like everything was taking twice as long, three times as long as it normally took because we're working from home and trying to access our server and all that stuff. And so by the end of the day, I was just exhausted. And then on top of it, we're trying to, you know, meal plan and figure out what we need in the house and all that stuff. So it was a little bit exhausting. So towards the end of the week, I, um, I was waiting on a few, um, casters for this sewing table that I've got and, um, needed to replace them. And we got them uh, towards the end of the week. And so I knew Saturday, I guess we got it on Friday. On Saturday, I knew I, that's what I was going to do was set up my sewing space. So I woke up Saturday and um, started figuring out where the table was going to go. I had to rearrange some furniture. I have a cabinet that had been housing a lot of my sewing supplies that I'm going to get rid of. I'm going to sell it or give it away. And um, so I had to empty that cabinet out. So it was all I could do to contain the mess. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're sort of like clearing things out of the way, it just naturally gets all over the place. But I was able to get my, and it's a koala cabinet. So it's got, an, you know, a nice place that the sewing machine sits and it goes up and down and um, it is just beautiful. And so um, by Saturday afternoon, I had my sewing machine set up in the, in the cabinet and we had gone for a little hike so that we could get outside and get some fresh air. And I came back and I was like, okay, time to sew. And so I have been working on this, um, um, trip around the world pattern for, oh, probably, I don't know, a month, probably. Right. I'm sure I've mentioned it before on the show and I've only got about, I had about, I guess, six blocks done and had all of the strips in various stages. So I decided that I was going to get all of the strips sewn together so that I could move on to the cutting stage. And I channeled my inner Lori because you know how I always say I slow, I, I sew very slowly and I decided to crank that machine all the way up and just pedal to the metal to get all the strips done. And so I totally had fun. <laughs> just doing that and I'm enjoying the table I actually put it in a temporary spot in right off of our living room so in our apartment we have a living room and then um it's kind of l-shaped and in the corner is my husband's office and then it goes into the dining room on the other side of the l and I put the cabinet up against the window and I just love it there. I can see outside. I can see what's happening. Um, there's great natural light. And so I honestly started to rethink my plans of where it's going to go. And I'm super happy. And so that's what I did. Nice. Oh, you guys are so organized. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you've got a small space, you kind of, and especially when it's part of the family space and not a separate space. I mean, I don't have a spot where I can shut the door. Right. And so it kind of needs to be as tidy as I can make it, if that makes sense. So it's, it's just working for me and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find new ways to work, which is kind of a challenge. I mean, really, 
Losing a studio is a big challenge. Yes. I'm sure I'm, sure I'm not the first one to lose a studio. So. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had one to lose yet. But mm, when it, yeah. if I do, I know I'll be sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little rough, but mm. I'm making it work. And it's, you know, an effort to be more organized. And that's it. So um, another thing that's really been top of mind in the past few days and I'm sure all of our listeners have seen this pop up is all of the masks and mask mm-hmm. tutorials and things like that. Uh, so we got some news earlier today uh, from one of the members on one of our other craft teams uh, noticed that Joanne Fabrics has posted on their website that they are offering kits for making masks. So look on their website for information and find out if there's an area it's not all stores because uh, i guess they've closed down a bunch of their stores so you have to find the one that's open in your area but i just did want to mention it um you also probably will want to check the hospitals in your area to see if any of them are accepting so we the last thing we would want is everyone to just start making masks like crazy and then have nowhere to send them Um, different hospitals seem to be requiring different masks. So some of them are looking for masks that are large enough to go over the N95 um, masks that they're using to to lengthen their life. And so they can use them for more than one patient and take off the cloth mask and not throw it away. Um, And the other... I've seen at least one post with a hospital looking for a specific design that actually had pipe cleaners built into it so they could pinch it over their nose. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's very specific. And there's actually a hospital in Providence that posted that they were actually creating kits for people that they wanted you to go to the hospital to pick up their supplies because they needed something very specific. So it, just, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Do your research before you start making tons of, of um, masks and figure out where they can go so that they can be best be used. Does that make sense, everyone? Yeah, yeah. if nothing else, at least you can make your own and you can be super stylish shopping by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a good idea, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, we can all protect ourselves as we go out. Yeah, um, I and mean, you're not taking one away from anyone else who might need one. So. That's <laughs> very true. And at least you're stylish. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, so my neighbor asked if she could borrow one of our dogs because she wanted to go for a hike and just wanted company, my husband decided that he was going to go with her. And this is last week. Um, So it was before in Colorado, we haven't really had the full on quarantine yet. No shelter in place really yet. There's just announced one in Denver, but not where we are in the suburbs. And so he decides that he's going to go for a walk too. And of course, you know, stay six feet away from our neighbor. And he said he showed up downstairs with a bandana tied around his face and she gave him this look like he was crazy. But he was like, I don't know where she's been. I don't know where we're walking. So, you know, you never know. Right. At least I could make him one that, you know, had some kind of novelty print that he might like. Yeah, there's all sorts of fun fabrics out there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've seen some great ones. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So I've seen some great ones coming out. So um, 
I wanted to um, also take a moment to acknowledge a letter that we got. Oh, yay. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) As I mentioned in, I think it was the last podcast, that we actually had um, a a problem with, uh, we weren't, our, our emails changed and I, it took me a few months before I realized I wasn't getting any podcast emails. And when I finally got it um, set up, the email was full of all of these great letters. And so each episode I should read, I'll read one today and then um, we'll read another one or two next time. Um, but this one, Lori, you're going to love. <laughs> okay, so this one is from Melody and she is in Alaska. And she wrote in to say, Hello, I really enjoy your podcast. I wanted to share with you my daughter's original design for an octopus and jellyfish. We are part of a local community group that has done an annual quilt raffle and we keep the design Alaskan. And in 2017, decided to commemorate the 150th anniversary of the purchase of Alaska from Russia. My daughter is not a quilter, but likes making a block for the community quilt. She also does not like making the same block each year. We've never had a jellyfish in the quilt before, and it was interesting to see the popularity of her blocks as we sold the tickets. So she sent a few pictures, which we'll put on the show notes. And then um, the she actually, I had to ask her to resend because I accidentally deleted the the images off the email address (laughs) that she sent and she said here are the two blocks made by adriana newberry member uh, member of the funny river country crafters in alaska they're her own design we didn't like the creature floating so we added a rock from the from a scrap to the jellyfish and used the octopus arm um as the shape for the seaweed. Can you see that she used the fabric from the jellyfish to create the eyes for the octopus? I originally said my daughter is not a quilter. Perhaps in a future broadcast, you could ask the question, what makes a person a quilter? Many in our community do not consider themselves quilters, but do contribute blocks, but they would not make a full quilt on their own. I'll add that Adriana does plan to make quilts in her future and carry on the needlework traditions of her mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. And then she sent another email with uh, the finished quilt, which of course we'll send links um, for on the show notes page, and then hopefully on Instagram as well. And then she also sent a link um, that she basically said, if anyone is interested in making their own jellyfish quilt, there's a kit that um, a local Alaskan artist sends. So we'll put the link there. It's called the Jellyfish Bloom Quilt. Oh, how fun. Isn't that great? It really is fun. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so Lori, I guess we're not the only crazy people who make jellyfish quilts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Too much fun. So what do you guys think about um, her question about what makes a quilter? Well, looking at that block, I would say she's a quilter. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess 
it really is. It's funny how we define ourselves as certain things. And the act of quilting is actually just putting the quilts all together. So it's really funny to call yourself a quitter, quilter or a sewist or, you know, whatever. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It is. It's a really good question. It is. Um, You know, at, at what point does a project become big enough that we would consider ourselves quilters. I think that's what it is. She's making these blocks and they're wonderful Mm -hmm. and they're part of a quilt. But I think she's saying that since she hasn't made an entire quilt, she can't call herself a quilter. I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think I agree either. Yeah. Because I, I can look back on my own experience as a quilter and... I probably, when I hadn't made a quilt yet, I probably didn't call myself a quilter. But I know I was already completely obsessed with quilting. So I, looking back on my own experience of, you know, making the first few blocks, I was already a quilter. I can look at myself and say that. But I think... I wonder if her daughter considers herself an artist or something else that's sort of adjacent, you know, very artistic or or crafty or, you know, does something else because obviously she's got talent. And so I think it's a matter of what Ginger said about like what we call ourselves and what that label is. Yeah. And it's funny because I wouldn't call myself an artist, but I'm like, why? Why couldn't I be an artist? Like, (laughs) but I would proudly call myself a quilter. So Mm. it's one of those like I never thought I I, and it's all how you perceive the way that word, what it means to you. Exactly. I think of an artist as like my Aunt Sharma. She's an artist. She's amazing. She does such cool stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't do that. But I was like, and then she looks at my stuff and says, well, I couldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because I remember thinking when I was younger and by younger, probably, you know, 15 years ago. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm not talking about when I was a kid, but I had this perception that an artist was a person who could paint or draw. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend who was a professor and she was commenting on my daughter, Sydney, who has always been incredibly artistic. And even from the time she was two, like I remember seeing her one day where she picked up a piece of tree bark and there was a puddle and she was dipping the piece of tree bark in the puddle and then painting the tree like and and she looked like an artist painting a magnificent portrait but she was just you know working with a piece of bark and water um and so we got into this conversation about how Sydney looked like an artist and she made a comment to me that I was an artist and I thought no I'm not an artist I don't I don't paint. Mm -hmm. I don't draw. And she said, you're incredibly artistic, the way you look at color and the way you work with fabric. And it kind of changed my perception. So I think I feel a little bit looser about labels like that. Because I feel like it's it's what you said, Ginger, about like how comfortable you feel with a label being applied to you. Right. So interesting thoughts. Very yeah, no, it's a thoughts. great question. Yeah. It is. I'm curious what our listeners think about themselves and if they consider themselves a quilter. And do they are there certain words that they don't feel comfortable with? 
curious. Yeah. So um, before we go, I want to talk about one more thing. Um, Lori and I um, were talking to Anissa, who was a guest on the last podcast, and she's um, our managing editor in the office, and she was supposed to have a quilt retreat this weekend. And so she sent, she was texting Lori and I over the weekend, right, Lori? Right. And Lori was sent a few pictures about what she was working on. And I sent a picture of my um, new table and how it looked. And then Anissa sent us back a an, a text with what she was working out on. Right, Lori? You yes. want to tell the story about how creative they were with figuring out what to do with social distancing? Well, because because of social distancing, they decided to just completely cancel their retreat. So Anissa set up a private Facebook page, and they spent the day, all of the ladies that were planning on going to the retreat, just chatting, showing their projects, talking about what they were planning to have for dinner, mm-hmm. just like if they were at a retreat and sitting around tables talking to one another and sewing. She said they got lots and lots and lots of projects done and they just had a really good time. I'm curious if they, I I remember her saying that they actually took specific breaks for food and I wonder if they all got the same kind of snacks so that they could eat the same (laughs) things. (laughs) That's an interesting thought too, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Everybody get your bag of goldfish. I love it. Oh, that's such a great idea. Isn't it? And so they all got to interact online, post pictures, comment on each other's projects, and, you know, still enjoy each other's company. But they were all in their own home. So what a creative way to, you know, stay in contact. I think that's really the most important thing is that, you know, there are really great ways for us to stay in contact with each other, even though we're all in our separate houses, right? That's right. And I think exactly one of the hardest parts of of this is that we're social and and it's we've got to figure out a way to keep being social. Yeah, I had a friend post over the weekend that um, they used Zoom, which is, you know, an online um, meeting. Well, they usually use it for you know, instructional meetings and business meetings and things like that. But you can also just join and it's a way for multiple people to sort of FaceTime each other, Skype each other. And they did it so that their families, 12 members of the same family that all live in different places, played scattergories together. And I thought that was just genius. <laughs> yes. Can I just tell you, I'm so tired of losing clue to my daughter. I'd much rather lose to like my brother in Texas or you know, somebody else. Well, there you go. Now you got an idea. I, I think it's a great way to, you know, actually use it to, to sew with your friends too. I mean, Lori, mm-hmm. you sew with your sister all the time, don't you? Yeah, yeah we do. And what do you use? We text. Oh, cool. Do you ever FaceTime with her? No, she doesn't have the right kind of phone. Oh, darn it. <laughs> oh, time for an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if she's an Android person, she's an Android person. Right. But there's an app that you can use. Um, what is it? Skype, right? Uh, well, and Duo. Google oh, Duo. I use that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Small beans. Well, these are all options for people to, you know, stay in contact in their very own homes. Yep. <laughs> well, this has been a true delight. I'm glad that we finally figured out how to, you know, do the podcast and not be in the same place, which kind of makes me sad because I like hanging out with you ladies. Exactly. I, I miss you all. But yep. This is wonderful just to hear your voices. Yes, I agree. So like we said, these are kind of bonus episodes. Um, next week, we'll have hope. And then the week after that, you'll get the three of us again. And then after that, we'll have another surprise guest. I don't know if we should say who it's going to be. <laughs> no, keep it a surprise. All keep right, we'll guessing. keep it a surprise. We've got some really awesome guests coming up in the next few weeks that we think you'll all be so excited about. So thanks, ladies. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Oh, it sure has. Yes. And stay safe, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer. 